This episode is brought to you in part by The Table Podcast from the Hendricks Center at Dallas Theological Seminary. I'm Daryl Bach, one of the hosts, and I invite you to join us as we discuss issues of God and culture, which includes anything and everything. Listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table. You're listening to episode 56. Cue the music in your head. Doo-doo-doo. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. Today we're gonna be talking about the story of how we've met and why we're doing this podcast. In other words, this is us. Yes. So <laughs> we're not sure if you watch the episode or not. We have friends. Who like us love the show and, and love following along and right. others and ugly cry every yes, single time like and, us and we need to watch an episode of the office or brooklyn 99 <laughs> or fresh off the boat <laughs> yeah. afterward and we also have friends who are like oh i have enough drama in my life i don't need another ordeal to yes it. yeah <laughs> or you're like our other neighbor and her mom started to watch it and then got so confused because she didn't understand oh, she was like yeah how does the dad keep coming back to life yes <laughs> yes a couple seasons in it begins to make a little bit more sense right yeah so if you have been following along this is us recently in the last year or so, they've done these episodes where they followed one character for the entire show. Yeah, and, and showed their background and their familial upbringing. And it's just gotten given you a little bit more of a snapshot of who they are. Yeah, and we know that there are many of you who have joined us along the way. We still have our faithful, you know, those of you who have started from episode zero. Yeah, thanks high for five. tuning in, guys. <laughs> we so appreciate it. Yeah, and for those of you who have tuned in recently or who have just grabbed an episode or downloaded an episode here or there, what we really wanted to do was really spend a time to talk about our story, how we met, so that you would really get an idea as to why we're doing this podcast. Right, and that brings us to the second part of the podcast is we really want to share with you why we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Because yes, it's fun and it's a way for us to spend time together, but there is a really deep, important message that we continue to want to talk about because we really believe that marriages and families can change the world. So buckle up, get ready to laugh because our story is... Crazy. Yes. A little crazy. I wasn't going to say laughable because I don't think that's <laughs> oh, the Oh, there's right definitely word. bars that are laughable. Like, <laughs> oh dear, what were you thinking? <laughs> yes. So when I was two years old... No, we're not going to start back then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start with the part of what was I thinking. Okay. So Daniel and I met on a missions trip. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was a time where I was making promises. I don't know why. You know when you make that list, I guess, of things that you yes. want and oh, don't yeah. want in... Who, whose idea I don't was know. that anyway? You know what? Actually, it was my youth pastor. Okay. And he was like, make a list of what you want and bring it before God. And so that is just one of those like, so you have standards. Are you I sure guess. it wasn't the I Kiss Dating Goodbye book? It must have been. <laughs> all, all roads lead back to that yes. one. We're no not kidding. We're not going to link no, that into no, 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 our no, no, show no. notes. No, we're not recommending that <laughs> okay. book. Okay. But it was definitely revolutionary in maybe not the greatest ways in our youth. Mm. But anyway, so I made this list. And I remember I'm really good at saying like what I don't want and maybe not as great as saying what I do want. So mm. I made all the lists of like, no, he is not going to do this. He's not going to do that. So some of the things I was saying is like, he's not going to be Asian. If you've looked at our profile picture, you'll realize I am he's very, and very Asian. Asian. <laughs> 
I even need to eat rice multiple times a week. <laughs> yeah, there's no way we can be low carb because I just feel like we're mocking our Asianhood yes, by doing that. Never. The second part is my like non-negotiables was that my future spouse was never going to be younger than me mm-hmm. because I'm far more mature and, you know, apparently boys, <laughs> yeah, apparently boys, they mature slower. So at least I need like maybe some guy who's 10 years older. So we'd be at the same par. We apparently. do mature slower. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'll fully admit it. That's true. (laughs) And number three is that I would never date someone long distance because I had done that before and that epically failed. Now, mind you, we're, you know, in our mid thirties. And so this was before like Skype and FaceTime and even texting. So it was like emails and mail and calling and, or paying like $600 for a flight. (laughs) So yeah, like a college student, $600, you might as well be saying goodbye to all your books. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So I was like, no, those were the three things I was not going to say yes. So I guess I was a little bit, I don't know. A trailblazer? <laughs> <laughs> or I wasn't going to say that. I was thinking about my list because I did have a list. Okay. I did at one point. But by the time we had met, I'd given up the list. Uh, so I don't know if I was... Like you, you know, tore it apart like no girl can ever match this? Or you're no. like, I'm going to go for anyone? No, no, no. So the list that I had was, you know, I, I really want my future wife to play piano. Oh. <laughs> which is kind of weird. But it was because I played violin and I also played guitar and right. it was just really fun, you know, to do not the Von Trapp family because I'd never seen the sound of fam- <laughs> sound of music and I oh, still we haven't. We tried. <laughs> so I had things like that. And I mean, I just I did have a long list at one point, but I did end up throwing it away because I was like, you know what? OK, when I look at this list, it's a lot of just details and it's mm. a lot of I don't even know if it's this person, this hypothetical person is right for me or not. Maybe I haven't met the person or with the type of characteristics that I am really going to love right. and, and not love because my track record with girlfriends was not good by that time. So I threw it away and I, I basically left it with this. I was like, OK, I had one thing on my list that my future wife would love God as much as I did. Oh, you're so much holier than I am. <laughs> okay, and this is my rationale. Okay, this is my rationale. If that is my one prayer request, right, right I could remember it because it was taking too long to pray for a really long <laughs> list of characteristics for a future spouse. Okay, so there's that. But there's also God probably wouldn't lead me to marry a woman that I wasn't attracted to, right? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so Psalm 37.4, I don't know if it was taken out of context or not, but, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your life. heart. <laughs> Desires are maybe, maybe, you know, teenager, early 20s. Yeah. So, so that, that was my list. That was my list. And then we meet on the mission trip. Yes, we do. And quickly before that, I met with three different couples. Okay. This is crazy. So two couples knowing me really well like super, super well. They were my mentors. Yeah. And one couple that like you would randomly meet if you were like eating at Chick-fil-A or something and they came to you and and started talking to you. So all of these three couples heard about my missions trip and they all looked at me and said, Christina, we really feel that God is calling us to pray for you for this missions trip because you are going to meet your future husband on this trip. And I was like, what the what? Yeah, who does that? Who does? Especially (laughs) the people at Chick-fil-A. Like, you don't know me. You have no idea. Like, I don't know. And so that was like, and that was the third couple that said that. And I was like, well, I am super spooked out right now Mm. because I'm supposed to be there for, you know, other reasons than meeting my future husband. Yeah. Uh, But that was sort of the premise of me going into it. 
So we were on the mission trip. It was about six weeks long right. and probably about halfway through. Now, you had caught my eye the first day. I still remember my dad dropped me off <laughs> in Delta and he was like, see you later, son. You know, I don't think I had ever been away for six weeks ever in you know my by the how old was i 18 18? or something like that so i never been away that long i was wearing my kangle white hat mm-hmm. my tommy hilfiger sweater i thought that was cool you thought <laughs> <laughs> i come and i hear this girl laughing and i'm like who's that girl <laughs> <laughs> who that lady <laughs> and it was christina yes yeah. and so we joke about this now that he said like i caught his eye and literally or caught my ear <laughs> Yeah, both. <laughs> I have that thing about me. You do. But I remember looking at every single guy and being like, nah, nah, nah. And especially Daniel, like, really nah, because he's Asian. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's it. All of those things that the three couples said were completely wrong. <laughs> but as I really got to know you, Daniel, there was just something about, like, how we could literally talk for hours. Like, mm. we literally could just talk about anything, and it wasn't uncomfortable. And there was no, like, to me, there was just, like, a super good friendship to the point where all of our other friends were like, y'all, why are you not together? You will be such a good couple. And so I remember sitting one night with my roommate, and she was like, okay, Christina, tell me why you are not with Daniel. And I was like, well, I have these three non-negotiables and these are the three. He is Asian and he is long distance and he's younger than me. So it's just not going to work out. And I remember her looking at me and being like, Christina, you need to pray because those are the most selfish reasons I have ever heard in my life. I did not know this conversation was going to happen. No, I did not no, pay you didn't pay Christina's her. friend <laughs> at all. Yeah. I was oblivious to it all. Right. And she is like probably the most calm, gentle spirited yeah, person right. I've ever met. So for her to say that literally was like a smack across my cheek. <laughs> like, okay, wake up. So I did that half hearted. We're like, okay, good night. And I half heartedly prayed, God, if Daniel is supposed to be the one for me, I pray that you would show me. Mm. And that night, long story short, I literally had a dream that I was supposed to marry him. Mm. And the next morning, she was a new woman. <laughs> <laughs> With fresh eyes. Yeah. I was like, whoa, he's kind of hot. <laughs> so from that point forward, we just continue to get to know each other. But I guess there was a switch that happened in your your mind because I was interested in you. Yeah. But there's a switch that happened in your mind and so, your heart. you know, girls, we know how to do it. You turn it on and we're like flirting back to give like really oh, good signs. Oh, girl, you were flirting <laughs> with me before. She drew smiley faces on my hand, on my legs when we were sitting beside each other. Which to me still doesn't make a big deal, but apparently I was putting yeah. my mark on oh, him. Oh, yeah. So. I was like, I'm never going to wash this <laughs> off ever again. <laughs> so I remember it was the final week before we both had to go separate ways. Because Daniel lived in Vancouver. I lived in Ottawa. We had the DTR. Yes. If you've been around any sort of Christian circle, I you mean, understand that, what that do means. Do people even use I don't that acronym even know anymore? anymore but back, is it our generation? I'm probably in there because it's kind of weird. It's like the mid-2000s. Early yeah. 2000s, it stands for define the relationship. It probably leads back to Ica's dating goodbye. <laughs> probably, probably. All roads, like we said, back to that. Yes. But we talked and we're like, okay, is this something that we want to pursue? Because we both like each other, but what if? So we decided, hey, we're going to continue to talk at home and sort of see what comes of it. And I think two weeks after we were home, we both realized like, yeah, we are in this for the long haul. So let's keep getting to know each other. 
Yeah. So, man, there's, there's, I mean, this could be like a 10 hour long podcast, but we'll save you for that. (laughs) (laughs) Save you from that. So basically we started dating long distance, visited each other here and there. I then actually transferred out to the University of Ottawa so that we would be close to each other. Mm -hmm. We both finished off school, got married, you know, after we graduated, we got married and then we moved to Montreal. Right. right. We were there both working for a couple of years. I was pastoring. Christina was working uh, multiple jobs. I'm my quote air quotes is working because the amount of money that we were making was probably enough for like to consider maybe one person is working three quarter time. <laughs> it's true. So it's we have true. done many uh, podcasts about saving money and dating on a budget mm. and all of that because y'all we have literally lived it. I remember mm-hmm. there was a point where we did not have enough money to pay rent and have groceries. Yep. And it was multiple lit- times. Yes, multiple times throughout the years, but especially yeah. in Montreal when we literally had nothing. And it was coming before God and being like, okay, I mean, know that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word of God. But we also don't want to fast for like 80 days (laughs) and it's not because we were maxing out our credit cards going on vacations i mean we didn't do any of that so we were literally poor yeah (laughs) yeah in that sense and god completely provided over and over again to the point okay i want to share this story remember we did not have enough money to pay rent Mm. and we check our bank account and it literally says miscellaneous payment yeah seriously for six hundred dollars yeah like, what is that from? I know. Because it's not like someone just got our bank account and was able to transfer money. You'd see that. It was literally, it said miscellaneous. And to this day, we have no idea. So like totally God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So a lot of instances like that, that's happened over our marriage. And, you know, we, after being in Montreal for a couple of years, we moved out to Korea mm-hmm. and and we came back and we were there for a lot shorter than we had planned. Yeah, because we had literally sold everything. Yeah literally everything from wedding presents to couches to pillows we went to korea with two suitcases each thinking we were going to be there for almost a lifetime yeah and it ended really abruptly wasn't even half a lifetime (laughs) (laughs) and over the years after that um as much as we've wrestled with should we have gone what if we didn't go and actually in the book that i'm writing right now that i'm almost finished up it's been good for my soul to revisit it mm-hmm. probably about eight years, nine years later and rethink through everything that had happened. And, and so I'll, I'll share obviously in the book a little bit more of what happened, why and how we've processed it right. and, and all of that. But but really, long story short, when we came back from Korea really abruptly, really suddenly we had nothing. Yeah, we had, we we had a baby who yeah, was five months old. <laughs> yeah our eldest, and we were homeless and jobless. We were. Both of us. Yes. At the same time. And we had no idea what was next. And there's no severance pay in Korea, literally. It was another church who bought our plane tickets home. Yes, that we didn't even go to. Yeah. So it's one of those things, uh, like providence of God, obviously. But yeah, a really, really hard situation where we really didn't know what to do. Yeah, so that's 2010. and, And then we moved out to Edmonton a few months after that about four or five months of just being in the desert and and rethinking calling, rethinking life, rethinking decisions, rethinking everything. Because right. the, the carpet had really been pulled out from underneath of our feet. And we landed in Edmonton at a wonderful church, Beulah. Mm-hmm. All our friends at Beulah, shout out to you. Yeah, 
thanks for taking us in. Yes, thanks for taking <laughs> us in because those four years there were uh, in deeply healing, deeply healing Completely. to our souls, uh, to our marriages, to our faith, to our calling. And that's what led us to uh, being prepared to come down here where God prepared us through that time to bring us down to Nashville for the last four, almost four and, and a half years now. Right. And I think within the Korea and Edmonton, all of that aspect, I have shared before on different episodes that I never wanted to become a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be a working mom who wore heels during the day and slippers at night as I tucked my kids into bed. <laughs> but we didn't have much. And really to, you know, Daniel to go to work and for me to go to work as well and pay childcare just didn't make sense. And so I went through my own journey of really asking God, like, why did this happen? Why am I not being able to do what I want to do? Why am I quote unquote stuck at home? Like, Mm -hmm. let's be honest. Sometimes I really felt like that. And I didn't know where God wanted me. And there were many times where I asked God, have you forgotten me? Mm -hmm. Because I have lots of dreams and I have lots of visions of things that I'm supposed to do. And none of it involved wiping butts. So Christina, in those moments over the years, I mean, when we left Korea, you had a really great job. It was a long drive. Yeah, it was a, it was a long drive, but you were doing social work, right, in a yeah. hospital, and and I mean, it was really fulfilling for you. It was, you know, minus the drive uh, out to Cornwall. But I mean, through those years in Korea and in Edmonton, and you know, not only just having one baby, but having another one, and then having another one, right. and and just being in the thick of you know two kids being born, what fifteen months apart, yes. and and then our son coming, and just you know, just that whole in and through it all. Right. And in through it all, fast forward all the way till, you know, years later, we're here in Nashville. Right. And you're still not wiping butts anymore. Well, actually wiping butts again because Macarius was a (laughs) baby. (laughs) How how are you processing it all? I mean, how did you process that and how did that lead to really the starting of this podcast? I think I really had to come to a point where I allowed myself to ask the question again, God, have you forgotten me? Mm. But instead of bawling my face off and just running and, you know, wiping butts, coming to the point where I actually allowed my heart to be laid before God and listen to his answer. Hmm. Because when I finally was able to do that, he really showed me all the different ways where he was preparing me. Hmm. He was saying, I have not forgotten you, Christina, but there's these points where I, you're learning how to serve. You're learning how to teach your children. You're learning how to disciple. You're learning how to love other moms who feel stuck at home, wiping butts. You're learning how to create fellowship and community with these women who need me. And you are showing and being the hands and feet of Jesus to mm-hmm. these women. And that has been preparing me. Yeah. So in, in and through the preparation, right, as we sit here right now, in our home here in Nashville, mm-hmm. in our little office, <laughs> in our makeshift studio, we're 56 episodes in. And we just came back from Orlando. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm so grateful for my parents who ha- who flew all the way down here to right. watch the kids so that we could go to Orlando. It's a conference that I usually go to every single year. But, but this year, uh, Christina was also invited to speak. Uh, I usually speak on leadership, but because of this podcast, because of what we've been able to do this last year, uh, they also invited Christina to come and speak on marriage. So that was really fun. That was so much fun. And in the upcoming episodes, we'll share here and there, and I think we'll actually do an episode or two on on what we talked about Mm -hmm. there. 
But Christina, as you've now stepped into this, right? And and I mean, it, we're a year in. I mean, we had no idea what we're doing when we no, started. No, completely. And we had no idea where this would end up. But a year into this, is this what you imagined yourself doing all the way back, you know, in high school when you when you wrote that social science paper? <laughs> <laughs> well, I always knew that somehow God wanted me to invest into marriages and families, as you were alluding to. 14 years old, I was in class and I had to write a social studies paper about something. And so I chose to write about the effects of divorce Mm -hmm. on children. And guys, this was, I don't know, like 20 something years ago. So divorce was apparent, but wasn't, you know, the stats were not 50% really of marriages breaking down. But it was heartbreaking to me to, to see the effects of Children growing up in one parent homes Mm. or in broken families or being shifted around to one family to another. And I remember having to share these stats in front because everybody had to present their article. And I did. And I remember looking at my friend sitting at the front of the class and she had told me a week ago that her parents, I'm going to cry, that her parents were splitting up. And I had to present this paper and just looking at her as she like slithered further and further into her seat where she put her head down and she couldn't even look at me. And after that presentation, I sat down in class and I was like, okay, somebody has to do something because that's not okay. That's not okay to my friend. I mean, she was 14, so her whole life had completely crumbled. And I don't know why her parents divorced or were going through that, but I was like, somebody has to do something. And that's when I really felt God was like, okay, you're going to do something. But obviously you're 14. Like I'm 14. I'm not married. I'm not even dating anyone at the point. Like I don't Mm. have a family. So I was like, okay, God, when it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Do this. We talk so much about grit right about resilience tenacity when it comes to parenting and how to raise our kids with grit and with all that but but the thing that i don't i don't think we talk about often enough is the importance of grit and resilience and tenacity in marriage right I mean, when you look at everything in our culture, even remember we in Montreal, we watched the OC. I mean, I don't know how we got oh, started on that show. Yeah. And it was it was catchy. And, and I don't know what it, like we binge watched. I don't know how many episodes Eight or nine episodes. Yes. And we just all of a sudden we just both looked at each other and we're like, this is a dumb show mm-hmm. because they oh to resolve conflict, they would just slam the door on each other yeah they'd walk away they would walk away right and i was like it it just it took us i don't know how many episodes to figure that out that that was the way that they resolved yeah it was so when you think about that and you think about everything else in our our culture even social media it's like some you you disagree with someone just block them right right? just mute them just shut it down yeah unfollow there's so so much of our culture is about just quick 
instant gratification. And when it comes to conflict, maybe you don't even engage in conflict anymore because you're afraid of what would happen. But mm -hmm. that's not healthy either. No. So even when it comes to, to marriage, especially, we're like, well, how do we help marriages develop that kind of grit and that resilience too. I remember reading this study about marriage and the effects of um, an affairs on marriage. Right. And what happens when husband and wife decide to stay married after the affair. Hmm. It, they were measuring happiness years later. And what they found was a husband and a wife who decided to stay married even after affair, three to five years later were so much, and they were measuring happiness, okay. mind you, they were so much happier than the husband and wife who got divorced and either stayed single or remarried. Right. You know, multiple years later. And it makes sense, right? Especially if you have kids, mm -hmm. right? And the shared history, and there's just so much. Now, I'm not saying that if a spouse has an affair, I mean, it's just you you don't work on it. I mean, these the husband and wife obviously had to work on it a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, a yeah. lot. Many a tears. Yeah. And I'm sure the happiness dipped down <laughs> significantly. Right. It got worse before it got better. Yes. Yes, completely. So, I mean, just that study. I mean, that's just one study. But I think when it comes to marriage and families, one of the things that we've really wanted to do in this podcast is to help you also develop that grit and resilience and that tenacity to marry each other in and through the hard times and the good times. Right. And through all the seasons that we go through for the seasons of unemployment, the seasons of wiping butts, the seasons of forgetting who you are, the seasons of, you know, parents dying and children leaving and being Losing empty nesters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of that through it. We are, our heart is really to help give you the tools to build strong, connected and joy filled marriages. I love the quote by Mother Teresa. And she says, if you want to go change the world, go home and love your family. Oh, that's so true. It's so powerful. It is. And one of the stories that always comes to my mind, going back to the essay I did at 14 years old, I was interviewing a friend who was about 25 and she came from a divorced family. And I asked her literally, and I was like, are you afraid of getting married? Are you afraid that your relationship will break up too? And she said, Christina, I used to be, hmm. but... This is what changed. I really felt like I didn't know what it looks like for a mom and dad to love each other. I don't know what it looks like to have a husband and wife love each other because all I knew was the fighting and the yelling. So I sought out different friends' parents hmm. to get to know and ask them to invest in me as well. She's very proactive because I wanted to be able to have a healthy view of what a strong marriage is. Wow. And so from that story, I was like, okay, I don't know what kind of marriage I'm going to have, but I want it to be able to have other people come and say, you know what? I don't, I don't know what a strong marriage looks like. I don't know what a healthy marriage looks like. Would you be able to invite me into your life to show me? And I'm not saying, Daniel, we are the first people to say we are not perfect. Mm. Far from it. We make really big mistakes. We need a lot of grace, a lot of mercy for each other. But I think the point is that we are willing to try. We are willing to work. We are willing to say, I'm sorry. We're willing to beg God for godly wisdom upon us, upon our children. And we want to be used in that too. Yeah, definitely. And I don't think anyone's surprised to hear that I'm pretty ambitious and I'm an Enneagram type three. And mm -hmm. I mean, I just go, go, go. And 
I remember this was probably six years ago now, and and I had our plan. I had our life. I literally had our life planned out until we were sixty five. I think even beyond sixty five. Oh, we had a chart. Yeah, we had a chart, <laughs> and we were like, you know, key result areas. It wasn't. A, we weren't as geeky as doing a Gantt chart. Oh, we should have. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> but it was it was a chart that was talking about okay, this is what we're gonna do, and this is you know how we're gonna go up and where we're gonna be, and all that you know, if time and money were no object, what would you do for with your life? And and we just kind of went went for it, right? Yep. And we just total planned and, and I loved that, right? I loved every single piece of that. And I forget the particular moment in which this happened. Actually, it was our seventh year of marriage. Okay, it's coming back. Okay, the seven year itch is yes. a legit thing. And we'll have to do an episode on yes, the seven year itch. Um, so I'm not going to get into what all happened that year. Uh, we're fine. We were fine. Nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. Especially because we were talking about affairs and yeah. all that. No, yeah. No. None of that happened. <laughs> no, we were just, we disagreed about moving. Right. Yeah. I really wanted to move and she didn't want to move. And there was just a huge disagreement in our marriage that has since helped us be able to make decisions better. Right. And I then would through totally all that. that. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was the year where I was like, you know what? Screw this. You know what? Like just, I'm just going to get rid of all this. God God's ways are higher than our ways. Mm-hmm. God's ways are deeper than our ways. His 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 plans are better than ours. So instead, what if we instead of planning our life out, we place our eyes on him, trust him, follow after him and allow him to carve out that future for us, which I'm so grateful that we did. Completely. Because there's no way that we could have either imagined that we would be doing this podcast. No, not at all. Any of this. So along the years I remember for me as, and this is why I'm talking about my ambition and everything that I want to do and everything that I've done along the years, I heard a pastor say, Hey, you, you need to remember that you are the only husband to your wife and you're the only father to your children. Hmm. So many people are going to demand things of you and demand things from you and it's never going to end, but you are the only husband to your wife and you're the only father to your children. So for me, as it relates to this podcast, what does it look like for me to encourage men, to encourage husband, husbands to say, yeah, work is great. I mean, I love work. And, and it's I very love, fulfilling. It is you. very fulfilling. Right. And I love my side hustles and my gigs and my writing. And I love everything else that we, that we get to do. And the fact that we get to do this, I love all of that. But don't do it at the expense of your family. Right. And I love, I love what Tim Keller says. And this is, I mean, honestly, guys, I know ladies, you're probably like, what are you talking about? Or, or maybe you may not resonate fully, but, but as a guy, and I saw this really modeled a lot from my dad, right? My dad worked incredibly hard to provide for, he did. for our entire family. I mean, I have three older sisters, right? And we, I mean, living in one of the most expensive cities in the world. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And they worked incredibly hard. Right now, I wish I could have spent more time with my dad. I wish we could have had more family time, but I get it. I mean, we were immigrants and my dad was just trying to get food on the table for us. He was trying to provide. And I'm so grateful for that. Right. But as a result, that drive is in me. And if I'm not careful, right, if I'm not careful, I will go down the route of, okay, I'm just going to work, 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 work. You know, someone else is going to provide for my kids and I'm going to occasionally hang out with them but I'm going to spend more time working than being with them. And I need to remember, and here's, we honestly, I think this is like the episode that's going to catalyze a bunch of future episodes, (laughs) but there is this concept of generational wealth. Hmm. There is. And you see it a lot 
especially in immigrant families where the first generation, there's not a lot of wealth. There's not a lot of wealth because I mean, my dad came to Canada with $10. I mean, that's literally how much he came to Mm -hmm. Canada with, right? So there's not a lot of wealth, but as they built wealth and as your parents, also first generation immigrants came and built wealth as well, they set us up to be at a better place, right? And then as a result, we are now at a better place than they were at the same age, right? right? And then thus, and it kind of keeps on going on uh, to our children if we steward that wealth well, right? But all that to say, I'm, because of my parents, because of our parents, we're at a place in our 30s that they weren't, Mm -hmm. right? Because of them. And as a result, it can be easy for me to say, okay, either neglect the children because I want to get further faster or maybe dial it back a little bit. And I love what Tim Keller says about all this. Work can convince you that you are working hard for your family and friends while you are being seduced through ambition to neglect them. Wow. And for me and for all you guys and gals out there too, let us not submit or let us not bow down to the seduction of work, right? Because this is why this hits so hard. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, you're right. Every time I work, I'm not working for myself. I'm working because I want to provide for my family. I want to help my kids. I want to give my kids experiences. I want us to go here. I want us to go. You know, that's what I'm doing. But if I'm not careful, I may actually be seduced through ambition to neglect them. Oh, yikes. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? There's a lot of things that have two-sided coins. Yeah, Right. We always say too much of a good thing can really lead to a not so good thing. Yeah. We don't want our kids to grow up. And neither do we want anybody's kids to grow up and look back and be like, yeah, Mom and dad padded my wallet really well, but my love tank is completely empty. Mm, yeah, because that's going to be some counseling bills later on, too. Yeah, that's where the padded wallet's going to go, isn't it? <laughs> it's true. Oh, yikes. <laughs> and not to say that our kids won't need counseling because, no. you know. I think everyone should get counseling. I totally agree. Yes. Even if you're healthy. Yes, yes. Get counseling. 100%. And thanks again for listening in. We're so honored that you would take the time to do it. And if there are any, if there's really any point in the episode where you're like, oh, you know, someone came to mind here or, or this quote, I need to share it with them there. Everything that we talked about, you can read about it at inbetween.org slash episode 56. And, and that's a link that you can share with others. You could also hit the share button on your podcasting app and copy the link, email it or text it to a friend so that you could also help build strong, connected, and joyful marriage and families. So next week on episode 57, we are going to be talking about money and actually how expensive kids are. Uh, (laughs) So tune in next week as we talk about the five unexpected expenses of children.
So see you next week. This episode was brought to you in part by the Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.